Hey everyone, Tom here, Alf Metallica, back with yet another episode of the show. You know, I keep saying, these are the uh, the final days for Alf Metallica. In, in a certain way, we're evolving, you know, we're still staying, but I'm quite proud really as the original run comes to an end. You know, I set out, I, I had a goal, I had a dream, like Lars and James themselves, that I wanted to review every single Metallica song. There were some that I didn't even know about, there were some that I couldn't wait to get to, you know, and today in particular has has been a long journey because, um, you know, myself, like I'm sure many millions of the rest of us adore this track and just appreciate this track for the bedrock of thrash and extreme metal and just you know how definitive of a song whiplash is and how important uh, thematically in terms of the fans etc but you know we're gonna get to all that just before we do follow us at metallica pod get in touch with me metallica pod at gmail.com any correspondence any feedback if you want to come on the show you want to discuss you know something else within the history of the band that's certainly what i'm going to be doing as i'm going forward i'm going to be getting my dan carlin on i forgot any hardcore history fans out there but going a bit more long form with it potentially hopefully so um yeah patreon is there itunes is there spotify is there all the various things if you support us on patreon you get access to an rss feed an exclusive one where episodes like this and you know stuff will stay on there for a couple of months before it drops on the main channel so if you want to give back there's always uh, always great doing this show to welcome back guests from old episodes and today is such a treat we last spoke i think it was april time 2019 episode 109 the outlaw torn of all songs and now he's back today rob how's it going sir it's going all right man uh have you changed your mind about outlaw torn uh, did i do my job no i still still confused by it i still hear a tuneless mess uh you're still you still have the wrong opinion i see yeah terrible it happens it happens no it's great to have you back man and you know before we get into the song today you did see snm2 right recently like that's a holy honor as a metallica fan yeah i uh i saw i got tickets for the second night the sunday night show um just you know i i went about it just trying to you know do it through the met fan club or whatever whatever that process was in like the third round go rounds like a week and a half later i uh I won the opportunity to buy tickets, so I uh, I jumped on the chance and I got some nosebleed seats and I got to see him. Can you sum it up for me? You know, because I, obviously I saw it in the cinema and it, as a film, it's a fucking incredible experience. But I can't imagine it being there, hearing the orchestra reverb around you, like it. It was. I mean, it, it was amazing. It. The. I loved the stage setup. The sound, even live, was amazing. Like I, I was curious how that was going to sound. You know, with the mix and everything live, but. I'm telling you, it was awesome. I loved, I, I'd say I I loved about 80% of it. I, I feel like the second half got off to a sluggish, slow start with, the, you know, the orchestra yeah, just playing yeah. by themselves and mm-hmm. Iron Foundry into Unforgiven 3. Sure, um, sure. So, but, uh, I mean, then they pick it back up with, you know, the with the hits. But, I mean, if my only little knock on it was that second half little slog where, you know, mm-hmm. they brought it down and, you know, not the biggest fan of all within my hands and you know unforgiven three is great but I, I don't know i feel like they they need to get to the you know something more upbeat quicker kind of losing the sure. crowd a little bit but i mean they obviously got it back they come back with rome and one and um you know the, out the strong, anesthesia but, piece as well right oh yeah that that was good i mean that was uh let me all right so i, I wasn't planning on talking about this but just on the way back you know, I, I jump mm. on the train and there's like, I don't know, probably some Tom Quay young guy age uh, <sighs> people sitting behind me. And I hear him talking about it and I I feel like they didn't get it. They, they were right. like and they were they were talking about the, the bass solo and 
talking about like, yeah, and then like, yeah, distortion kicks in and they think that's going to do it. I'm like, you, you idiots, you don't <laughs> understand what you're watching. They, they thought it was just a guy trying to be metal. I don't even know if they mm. knew who Cliff Burton was, but whatever. That just popped in my head. Uh, that okay. pissed me off, but I'm not a computational guy, so what are you going to do? <laughs> so today we are dealing with Whiplash, which, as I said before, is you know an incredibly important song uh, in in the lineage of Metallica and you know heavy music in general, in my opinion. And I just want to quote quickly as way of an intro from Joel McIver's book and Justice for All the Truth about Metallica, which was quite funny. I don't know if you heard, but Clint on Metal at Your Podcast recently dismissed this book entirely, and I think it's because Joel McIver is very harsh on Load and Reload, refreshingly so. Don't discard the book for all reason with that. It's still quite a valuable tome. And Joel, um, basically speaking in an early chapter, quote, One of the things on Kill em All, Whiplash, had a notable effect on many listeners as the most consistently fast song on the record. One such listener was Steve Kirk, vocalist and bassist for Morbid Angel, who reasons, quote, The term extreme has changed over the years. What was extreme when I first heard it by no means is extreme today, but what really woke me up is when I heard Whiplash for the first time. That was a whole new thing to me when I first heard it. I think I was 12 years old. It made me want to play music. I would listen to a lot of Iron Maiden, which was great at the time, and then I heard Whiplash, and nothing else seemed to compare. Do you agree there, Rob? I... I feel like my memory of discovering Whiplash, I mean, I definitely had heard it on Kill 'Em All, I, but I, I don't remember actually like hearing it and it blowing my mind. But my memory is more of Live Shit, Binge and Purge, yeah. which um, came out when I was sometime in high school. And just, I mean, the, the live performance, uh, I, I, I think it was the Mexico City one. I mean, that really stands out. I mean, the Seattle one as well. With, yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, uh, that really stands out to me. And I mean, even when if I do get to hear it live, I mean, it really stands out as a an awesome, awesome thrash song. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, a really old song. You know, this is off the first album. This is the first single off the yeah, first, the first single. Yeah. So this is, you know, really ground zero in so many ways for Metallica. And I will say it unabashedly, unironically, I adore Kill 'Em All. It's not because it's kind of juvenilia and it's kind of rough sounding and whatever. I just think as a fucking, as an artifact of that time of guitar-led adrenaline rock, you know, this is, this is, this is top tier for that kind of 83 sort of stuff. Like, this, this, this is a classic to me. Uh, I mean, definitely. I, I mean, what else sound, I, well, I mean, I guess you could say the new wave of British heavy metal or whatever, they, they definitely yeah. borrowed from that. But, uh, I mean, what else sounded like it in America at the time? Yeah, and it's the most definitive in terms of, as you said, the new wave of British heavy metal. Because, you know, if you think of this sort of music, what ultimately, if you were to sort of just put everything heavy and distill it, and I know there's going to be some exceptions to this, I'm not saying this is a grand rule, but most metal has chugging, right? It has open string chugging that forms riffs underneath it. Most rock does, you know, lots of blues does. Like, that's just an element of guitar writing. And I think you see in Whiplash maybe the ultimate weaponization of that chugging as a riff. Like, that to me is what makes it stand out ultimately. Yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely, it gets you going and it because, I mean, yeah, you put it so eloquently. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is a staple of music before, but after that uh, as well. I mean, even in the Metallica catalog, that open E just chugging along, like, it's... 
it's I don't know it's groundbreaking mm -hmm. just in terms of the context well, before we jump into the criticism ourselves Lars's interview there was this great article in Metal Hammer that sort of celebrated the anniversary of Kill em All and went song by song and quoted all the band members and Lars says quote on Whiplash we tried to play as fast as we could and have it make as much sense as possible one of the bands we were listening to who were an influence on Whiplash was Venom that first record 1981's Welcome to Hell with songs like Angel Dust and Live Like an Angel in brackets Die Like a Devil was a big inspiration they took the energy and speed of what Motorhead were doing and made it a little more heavy metal. Motorhead had more of a punkish attitude. Venom need to get name-checked more when people talk about Metallica's early days. Um, Rob, I've got to plead the fifth on Venom. I, I, I know they're a big deal in, the, in that era, but I've never really listened to them. Oh, that's that's a tragedy. That no, actually, I don't, I don't know if I've heard them either, so no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll play a quick clip of Venom here. We're not going to appreciate it, but you know, in the future, you guys can listen to a bit of Live Like an Angel in brackets, Die Like a Devil. And Metallica were taking a lot of, uh, you know, their life on the road and who they were a band at that time into the debut by having these elements that felt like live pieces. And the intro to me certainly feels like that opening straight off the bat with the blaster guitar and then the seas parting as the drums march. And it's like a mile wide, right? Yeah, I, I I love that drum part, that little like rolling, you know, on the toms and the, the double bass. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's a, a sign of things to come yeah yeah it really is it has that majesty it has that you know grip on 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 the storytelling of the song these pregnant silences that are punctuated with that stabbing guitar and what do you make of the guitar tone on, on this song and the record in general uh i mean it's not my favorite uh i i was introduced to metallica through injustice for all then i yeah. kind of went backwards and the final one i got out of the old albums was i think kill them all so i was used to the uh, newer albums at the time mm -hmm. um it, it it's fine it it i don't i don't dislike it it's just um i prefer the uh, tones of the other albums better i mean it's raw it's their first album it's it served its purpose it's uh it just uh, kicks your ass and it's in your face i yeah. i mean i have no no problems with it yeah it's front and center you know with that chug and i love the way that the riff changes direction while still maintaining those open notes so the da na na da na da like the, the way it sort of mixes it up to me, uh, you know, I always find quite breathtaking in its its breakneck appeal. It's such a groove too as well. And one of the things, Rob, that I, that I love about Kill 'Em All, and you know, it's been said before on the show. I think Alex Finney said it a few years ago. Um, Kill 'Em All, in many ways, is almost a power trio record in the sense that you know the guitar is quite thin and you can really hear the bass and it charges through. What do you make of Cliff on this track? It actually is nice that you can hear the bass. I mean, mm. it was pointed out, like, I've been listening to it all week, you know, like multiple times a day. And that is a nice feature of this album that, I mean, I've been listening to Kill 'Em All all the way through. And, I mean, Cliff is front and center in a lot yeah. of these songs. And, I mean, it's just so refreshing now. Like, he, he, like even today, it's, uh, I don't know, like Metallica kind of got away from that. It's uh, absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, kind yeah, of interesting yeah. on the first album that they were able to have that. It's mad, isn't it? Compare it to Hardwired or you know Death Magnetic or you know even the Black Album. Like the bass was there in Kill 'Em All. Yeah, I mean they 
I think they just like to bury Jason Newstead because uh, that's what they like to do. But yeah. I mean, yeah, even today, like you said, hardwired, it's not even his front and center not unless good. it's meant for that. You know, it's a base part and like yeah, yeah, um, some sort of the bone or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, another distinctive facet of this album is Hetfield's voice. I always say. Throughout oh, the recording yeah, of Killer Ball, huh? he was permanently going through puberty mid-song. I think, like it, it's mad his range. I I can't I can't believe that he was able to hit those high notes. Uh, yeah. just, it's such a different way of singing. I mean, I, I I think he still hadn't found himself as a front man and like wasn't sure which direction he was going to go. Like maybe a uh, I don't know, Merciful Fate is that the the one with the high pitch thing mm-hmm. or um, I, I mean it it just it's so different and so so different i mean it's so it's so refreshing to hear now when you go back and listen to it i mean just the, those high-pitched like screeches it's uh it's pretty funny to hear and in terms of the song content you know it's fascinating going through with an analytical eye throughout the lyrics you or you or you or your or you've are you know directed towards this you've come to see the show you make it real you need it oh so bad like the song hey, is it's like a, it's like a fan letter to the yeah. it's a love letter to the fans it's i mean it's reading through the lyrics it's corny you know with your leather and your spikes and mm-hmm. you know heads are bobbing around oh, yeah. it's hot as hell tonight i mean they're very basic but i mean it's not supposed to be a deep song it's supposed to be a, a song that you're banging your head to yeah. get in the mosh pit so i mean it, it's awesome i mean it's uh I, I gotta stop saying it's awesome, but no, no, no. it is it's, like a real yeah. sugar. It's a real uh, thrash masterpiece. Yeah, and the, you know the melodies and the lyrics, rudimentary they might be, as you say. I think the song is not not saved, but certainly bolstered by the fact that there's just you know, a lot of guitar parts going through and a lot of changes and the way they invite the you know James screaming for the solo, etc. But just to go back to the lyrics, um, it, you know, it really is quite charming in the fact that it's unironic, I guess, for the most part. You know, and now it's taken on maybe a slight wry appeal, even though it's very authentic still, and that's not to downplay what it represents, but um, the, the song understands the catch and release of performing to a live audience so in the choruses and the dun 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 like in the gaps between those chords such pressure builds up doesn't it like and it's right and and i mean live they Mm. they lean into it live you know with the having the crowd sing with it and you know the crowd does whiplash i mean it it was built for live playing yeah yeah it was written for live performances really was really was and the martial noise as well some brand recognition (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, that do, what do you know the story of why they weren't playing or weren't performing with the third verse in up until recently i mean i i couldn't find why they stopped doing the third yeah. verse but they did bring it back in the last tour for whatever reason like they they just i don't know like they weren't doing they weren't performing that verse for some reason for years and then it was like a big deal like you know in researching the song it's like oh they with the third verse Damn, it's like yeah. oh wow like okay but, that's um, some grateful dead shit right there like I, I i appreciate that but yeah i don't really understand that but they do name check themselves in the fourth verse because uh, we're metallica what how do you take that line I mean, I, back then it was probably like we're so badass, we're Metallica, we're gonna kick mm. your ass, like whatever. But now, you know, you know, as you, I'm sure you know, they sing because you're Metallica. Sure, you know, they're sure. always, uh, you know, giving thanks to the fans. But I mean, hey, they were young; they were probably like yeah. 20 years old when they wrote this. So I'm all for it, man. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and it just it packs so much in, really, because after the two choruses, we get the bridge riff, which is. You know, there's so many riffs on Kill 'Em All, like Metal Militia, where it's just a smattering of notes before yet again another open chug, and it just makes it really interesting and real twisted. Gives way into the solo, which, you know, 
doesn't necessarily have a shape or a story to tell, but just as a sheer exhibition, through the bend, through the tone as well, and through, through that raw, primal, youthful, shredding speed, like, it's a bit of a face melter. Yeah, I, I mean, I like it too. It's uh, it's basically in two parts, you know, you have the mm. first part, and then uh, it comes back with whiplash, and then, sure, you know, sure. the second half of it, which is It whips back, yeah. Or uh, Dick Rash. Dick uh, Rash. It just adds to that wild alacrity of the song, the the runaway appeal of it. It just is a staple in their set. It's been played many, many. Yeah, times. I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame that Jason uh, he used to sing a verse or two, course, you know, back yeah. in the day, and now, I mean, I can't. I don't, I don't think uh, Kirk or Rob can really Rob, handle no. uh, singing a verse. No, um, can, uh, I never appreciated Jason's uh, background backup mm. vocals until he was gone. But um, yeah, it's amazing how yeah, uh, their voices blended so well. Yeah, ultimate garnish, and you know, an artist in his own right. But I, even though I love Jason Newstead, I still haven't checked out Newstead, his band. Oh uh, yeah, I. I'm a, a huge Metallica fan. Can't say I've ever checked out his new band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't know. I don't know if you said that much. No, you know, maybe, we've done, maybe when we're done with the original run, I have to like review Newstead and stuff like that. But this song that Newstead's featured on many times, obviously it was written way before he joined the band, uh, debuted October 23rd, 1982 in Fullerton, California. Last played March 4th this year, 2019, in Wichita, Kansas, US. 892 performances total. That's uh, and it was featured in Tony Hawk's Underground too, I believe, right? Which is probably where you first came I, in contact with. I saw that. Yeah, I mean, I have mentioned this before. <laughs> I didn't really play number two that first round. Number two is quite hated amongst the fan base because the first. I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the games. No, not really. I, I just, uh, I, th- I think I heard you talk about, yeah. you know, one of the games at one de- time or, yeah. and so. Yeah, de- I need, actually, that's a good idea for an episode, what video games have Metallica been on, because I'm sure there's been, obviously Guitar Hero and stuff like that, but more interesting, like, soundtracks like that, but yeah, uh, I didn't really play Underground 2, but it's funny you mention that, because, um, you know, it's been played on tons of stuff, tons of tribute records, it's on Guitar Hero and Metallica, uh, apparently Whiplash was the favorite song of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, according to Kirk. I, I read that. According to Kirk, <laughs> yep, I, I saw that as well. I don't know. Uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it comes from an article Metallica's Kirk Hammett on the Varnas Kirk Cobain colon. I knew him well. Didn't realize those guys were close. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe they like to party. He uh, you know I mean? just following up on the article. Yeah, apparently he came onto the uh, Seattle show on the Black Album tour. We were, I, Kirk says, I quote, I remember at one point we were playing Whiplash and he looked at me and kept punching the air with his fist and gave me a big, this just doesn't sound real, Kirk. And gave me, <laughs> and gave me a Is big, that real? Is there footage of this? this <laughs> gave me a big thumbs up sign. I was like, cool, Kurt. I know you love this song. This one's for you. And he also says that they spent a good deal of time together. Quote, I knew Kirk kind of well and hung out with him quite a bit. He was a pretty big Metallica fan. I was surprised how much of a Metallica fan he was. He loved Ride the Lightning. He loved that album. So, you know, that's a nice little tidbit that we just discovered on the fly there. But any yeah, um, wow. any final thoughts on Whiplash for you, Rob? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a barn burner. Mm. It's a classic. I mean, set the stage for Thrash to come. Uh, it's, it's probably my, I would say, my second favorite off of Kill 'Em All behind four horsemen but yeah oh yeah that's a that's a oh, that's a very tough choice yeah anesthesia i know i was looking at uh kill them all and i was like where would i rank it and yeah i i, I have to put uh four horsemen in front of it sadly but you know still amazing song you know i, I don't want to sound like a broken record but i mention this every time we go through kill them all kill them all is better than load and reload you <laughs> I, I that's just uh, that's just sad to hear tom <laughs> I, I don't understand why I mean, you it achieves a... its goals 
so much stronger. Like, where does it rank uh, next to Saint Anger? Saint Anger. Oh, I probably like Killer One more than Saint Anger. Yeah. Okay, you better say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's fine, but <laughs> I mean, your your disdain for load and reload is uh, it's it's upsetting. I mean, just... it's never ending. Yeah. <laughs> I need to let it go. But uh, as always, guys, we go onto the Twitter and we ask what you think of this song, Whiplash. You can follow us at MetallicaPod, as always. We like to do these little mini-reviews at the end of the episode. And, you know, of course, follow us on the Twitter as well, and get in touch with me, MetallicaPod, at gmail.com. So the first comment that we have uh, comes from Kevin, Kevin Van Dam. Jason doing lead vocals is always awesome. Mark just quotes the song, We'll never stop, we'll never quit, because we're Metallica, and deems that prophetic. Rao says, Freaking fresh masterpiece of the first album. Love the song since I first heard it when I listened to Kill Em All for the first time. It's a quick build-up, and then the song basically punches you in the face as it goes into the main chugging riff. Kirk's in full-on shredder mode, while Cliff's awesome bass can be clearly heard in the mix. Hetfield's underdeveloped, somewhat screeching vocal stylings work for this song. Although the lyrics aren't quite up to Unjustice for All standards, they serve the song well for what it is, which is basically a fresh metal manifesto. Typed how you says, adrenaline starts to flow, you're thrashing all around, acting like a maniac. It's how you should feel in the pit of the Metallica concert. Metallica brings it. R4 Aaron, which is from the Ridiculous Rock Records podcast. People need to go listen to that. If you like Out of Metallica, you will love that show. Aaron and his guests uh, go through basically the rock canon and beyond. I've been on to discuss 1984 recently. That was a really good episode of Van Halen's 1984. And finally, Dr. Bo says, in terms of Kill em All, I rate the likes of Four Horsemen and Motor Breath higher, but it's a really solid song and it's fun live. I've been lucky enough to see it at half the Metallica gigs I've been to and no frills fresher. And Rob, that's Whiplash. That is Whiplash for you. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, always going to be in the set, I think. No matter where the band play, it's a perennial favorite. Yeah, that's a, a good um, encore, one of their last three songs it's, uh, in the rotation. Yeah. Really it's always a treat when you see it live. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, again, guys, get in touch with us. Let me know what you think about Whiplash, uh, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, at MetallicaPod. Rob, what about yourself? Anything to promote? Um, I'm just curious. Am I the last guest for the first run through these songs? I mean, I know you said you have to do... Uh, Good question. Uh, what's, the, what's, what's the last one? It's um, You Really Got Me? You Really Got Me, yeah. <laughs> so Whiskey in a Jar is between you and You Really Got Me. Oh, that's right. So you're right. Like okay. the penultimate ultimate. Yeah, you're 163. <laughs> uh, so we got Whiskey... But I guess technically... You're the last. I think you said you already you already uh, yeah. recorded in a jar. I have so there. actually, I have actually. Yeah, I didn't even realize the importance of this. But yeah, I've already done Whiskey yeah. and Jar with Randy from Live on Four Legs Podcast. Podcast, great episode. We did that months ago because he got we got kind of wanted to do it, but he was getting married, so we we did it, and then it's been on the Patreon for a good while. So go check that out there. But uh, but yeah. Rob, technically the last guest in a way, although I know I, I feel like I let you down. I, <laughs> I, I need to. Uh... <laughs> it's all good. It's all I need good. to bring the heat. I let us both down. I let us both down. But you really got me. That's going to be like my whiplash. That's going to be my, you know, your Alpha Metallica. <laughs> like, you know, not our Alpha. Did Metallica. you even know that they did that a version of that song? I mean, that was news to me. I I just you know looked it up and uh, I didn't even know that that they performed on that or James performed on that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I've known that for years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was news to me. I'm like, really? I just knew the Kinks and uh, Van it's Halen. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. I'd... Yeah, it's very it's very unusual. Yeah, I remember seeing it in Mojo, I think. Mojo Magazine's a British um, music magazine, fantastic music magazine. And, uh, that yeah, they covered the record, and they listed Metallica, and I think Bruce Springsteen's on there, and, you know, lo- it's real star-studded affair, because obviously they all look up to Ray Davis. But, yeah, Metallica on there, and uh, that's going to be the final song of the run. So if you enjoy the show, support us over on Patreon. 
Subscribe on iTunes wherever you're listening, Spotify. Get in touch with me at Metallica Pod. Rob, this has been a treat. Is there anything to promo at all, or just uh, you, you being no, the final I, guest? I, like? What I want to know is, are you going to do an episode where you talk about the run of the the you know the shows of all the songs, like a retrospective where oh, you okay. give us like like you know any insights or what was your favorite episode or what yeah, did you ever change your that. mind about a song after further research or after further <laughs> discussing it with a guest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely do that because All right, the fans want to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I appreciate that, and that will be. Yeah, I'm down. I've done. I've done similar things on my battle rap podcast actually, where I've gone through like a year of uploads or something. So yeah, I'm sort of well versed, and that will just be fun and a real egotistical thing to go through. And um, yeah, maybe I'll live stream it or whatever on the channel. But Rob, this has been a treat. I, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you, uh, and I want an answer. What All was right. your least I'm not going to say your least favorite guest, but what was your least favorite song, not including Lulu songs? So you just song that I dislike the most? Yeah, a song that was like, you you couldn't wait for the, the show to be over. You didn't want to record it. It was like, oh, what the hell am I going to say about wow. this crap song? I don't really, I think ultimately it's the Motorhead tunes. I don't even dislike them. I just find them quite boring and kind of unsatisfying okay. to glean anything from. Obviously, Reload revolts me and insults oh, me and i just kind of I, you know i'm constantly listening to new music like everyone else's or i'm digging back into the archives this album rules this is great i just in terms of measures of greatness i can't put reload next to a replacements album it's just like this is trash uh, what you know i mean now you're being hurtful you have to call it trash <laughs> I know, i'm not upsetting all your the listeners <laughs> And I, you know what, you know what, I tasted my own medicine just recently on Metal Your Podcast when I think Clint and Ethan were mentioning Tom Waits and Ethan was like, oh, I only like his early stuff. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, you know, but I, someone out yeah, there. Tom Waits is complete hot garbage. Yeah. I, I agree there. <laughs> yeah. Reload is someone else's Tom Waits. And I, you know, I, I definitely respect that. But, you know, Whiplash guys, thanks as always. And Rob, cheers, man. All right, man. Thank you.